What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Christian, Sean, Randy are finally back for the first preview episode for the 2020 season. This is our preview week one episode. We did it. Yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't contribute much to the flow of time. Uh, time's on my mind. Went to see Tenet this past weekend. Fucking phenomenal. Might be my favorite movie ever. Uh, gonna go see it again. Tenet's awesome. Go see it. Not, obviously, like not Sunday during football and not Thursday night either, but uh, highly recommend. That's all. That's all I have. Okay. Um, yeah, I I didn't re- I, I still didn't realize that theater movie theaters were open. So I think when I saw that your snap, that kind of sh- surprised me a little bit because I didn't know that they were all opening again. Um, but that's good. Was it as good as Inception? Um, my initial th- reaction is that I think it's better, and Inception is my favorite movie of all time. So, uh, was, everything was real. The top, the top's falling over at the end of the scene. The top's definitely falling over. It's it's all real. And anytime, I, anytime Michael Caine is in the scene, it's reality. So you know, it's true. real. He got back to his kids. He's also in Tenant. Michael Caine. Is he? I watched I, I over the weekend I saw Now You See Me Too. Um it was Not the in, best movie it, in the world. It was the first Now You See Me One is better, but Now You See Me Two has its moments. It's not bad. Um the concept is kind of cool. I, I like yeah. the idea. And then plus, at the end of Plus Harry Potter's in it. So Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept making I kept making jokes because like you have you have Harry Potter, you have Lucius Fox, you have Alfred the Butler. Um Oh, you wow. have uh, Lex Luthor. Yep. Oh, wow. Um, you have the guy yeah. from Zombieland. <laughs> Woody wow. Harrelson. You he's have uh, Katniss's... Uh, and Katniss. the other guy from Zombieland. Yeah, he's, but, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, but but like you can you can combine Jesse Eisenberg to like a, the super like the superhero movies. You can't really do that with Woody Harrelson, except like like Christian said, he's. Um, Oh crap! What is the dude's name in uh, Hunger Games? Hey, hey, then it's something. It's like hey, something. Oh uh, Jesus! Hey, Mitch. Uh, hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Yes, yes. Hell yeah! And then oh. you also you also have the kid from Neighbors that's with Zac Efron. Mm, true. Yes. Great. Okay. Neighbors is a good movie too. All right, uh, but we digress. So before we start with our week one previews. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, Christian has a question for us, and these are always so intriguing. Listen, sarcastically, but no, this one should be interesting. So I am in the the NFL spirit, obviously, and I was just you know browsing some some fun facts, and I want to know who your best guess is, guys. Who has the best all time NFL opening day record, and who has the worst? <clears throat> and it's I'll I'll say it's not the Browns. I'll give you that one as a Yeah, hint. that's easy. Um Sean, do you have guesses? I don't, because again, we talked before the show. I think these are gonna be completely random answers. So I, I think I have a logical for winning this. I'm gonna go Cowboys, a team that's been around a long time. They they've won a lot of seasons. I, I'm gonna go Cowboys. And my logical ish answer for the not as many wins 
I'm like the it, see like obviously it's not going to go by wins. It'll go win percentage, which is going to throw me off. But I'm going to go with the Jags because they're an expansion team, and hope they just are losing because of just percentage and not playing enough games yet. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna stick in stick in the AFC or NFC North. I'm gonna say the Packers have the most wins, and I'm gonna say the Lions have the most losses. Wow. Okay. So you guys got one out of four, right? Fuck. And Randy got the one. Cowboys have the most wins. Nice. They have 37 wins, 18 losses, and they actually tied once. And so their win percentage is 670. Um, the the team that loses the most on opening day is actually the Seattle Seahawks. They're actually tied win percentage wise with the New Orleans Saints. So I knew that one was a trick. Because mm. neither of you would have guessed that. See, I um, thought it was going to be tricked the other way. Like, not teams that have been around a while and just had some bad years. Teams that haven't. The been bottom line, this is such an arbitrary and and like dumb, <laughs> like not dumb to like ask it, but like the the responses are just stupid. That like this is a weird question. So like it's we, had, yeah, it's a weird question. We had a very yeah. very low chance to get these both right. Let me tell you who the number two team is all time. Uh, Win percentage wise, the Jacksonville Jaguars have oh. the second best <laughs> win percentage. Ten Fuck. and five. That Randy, this just goes to show why, how dumb this question is. Dude, that can't Hey is that like fully recent? Like seem well, no, that can't be because they uh Yeah, it's <laughs> Unless they just didn't play. Speaking of which, years. let me get on. Let me get on my soapbox for a minute before we get started. For uh, we've heard some. I think some people have started to touch on this, but I just want to. I just want to say, and uh, the fancy footballers did talk about this the other week. I am so done with hearing about how bad, run, how badly run the Browns are franchise wise because it's true. Well, why the fuck does nobody ever put Jacksonville hey. in that same hang on in that same category? When you look at the last couple years of who left that team, no more Jalen Ramsey, who quit, who completely quit on that team. No more Blake Bortles, no more, no more Allen Robinson, no more Yannick Ngakwe, no more Leonard Fournette, no more Ronnie Harrison. And literally Fournette, Ramsey, Harrison, like these guys have all said. Um, how excited they are to not be with the Jaguars anymore. Like there is shit going on down there that we don't even know about to make these players hate their lives so much. Like obviously the Browns have had that in the past, but the Browns are trending in the right direction when it comes to the franchise being run. I'm sick of it. The Jaguars should be listed as just as much of a joke fucking franchise as the Browns. And because they made one fucking playoff appearance with Blake Bortles that they get a complete pass on all this. No, fuck that. Uh, yeah, I, it wasn't just a playoff appearance, though. I mean, they made the AFC Championship game, so it wasn't like care. They, and they got their ass kicked. They sure did. They they played as, well in the first they, half. They right? they barely lost. <laughs> yeah. No, but what, but okay. So that one postseason run gets to excuse them from how no, fucking no, franchise no, that And Sean, for the <laughs> most part, I think you're right. But since the since we had like Ramsey last year, and we had the news come out about all those players being fined for stuff that was illegal to find them for people have been like kind of realizing how bad this has been. They start to look, I, I mean, I saw uh, last, well, with for the day Fournette got cut, I saw 
everyone's trying to retweet and come after all their first round draft picks being basically bust for yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Let me yeah. let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and list some of those draft picks, Randy. You already did. Let's, let's let's have some fun here. 2010, Tyson Alu They picked Blaine fucking Gabbard at number uh, who, 10. Who? Exactly. Remember, you guys remember you guys remember Justin Blackman being the fifth pick in the draft? You remember when he was out of football two years later? How about Luke Jockel? How about Blake Bortles, who is the fucking joke of the entire NFL, and rightfully so. Dante Fowler, Dante Fowler never became what they expected him to. Leonard Fournette, they loved him so much, they cut him after four years. They didn't even want to fuck. And think about who else went in that class. Fucking Patrick Mahomes, fucking Deshaun Watson. They took Leonard Fournette, the world's most inefficient running back. And then, like, why, why, do, why, do we, why do we get bitched at about who the Browns take in the first round? And nobody mentions because, Justin Blackman. Because the, Browns, because the Browns have had those stretches too, bro. The Browns have had those stretches too. Sure. But that's all, the pe- that's all people talk about. Nobody talks about the Jaguars and how hey, bad man. their first round picks have been. Yeah, but. They playing fucking Gabbert in the first round. Hey, all right. It's, your Browns are a punching bag. They need to make the playoffs for it to stop. That's how it works. That's how it always works, and then it's and then it's all forgiven, right? It's not for it's, it's not like it, forgiven. Like how the Jaguars have been forgiven. It's not forgiven. It's, it's, so it's, it's not looked upon as much. That's how it works. Yeah, and like, in Cleveland will be forgiven. That's yeah, <laughs> that's true. a fact. Well, and the Jags also didn't go one in thirty-one over a span of time, and that's I think the butt of most Cleveland jokes now. I think is the the Hugh Jackson era. And but and again and then people seem and then people just don't remember that back when the Browns were the team before the Super Bowl, like the Browns were one of the if not the most historic NFL franchise before the Super Bowl. That era was a thing because most people that have social media weren't alive. It's true. And then I mean, yeah, Christian, the Jacksonville didn't go one and thirty-one, but I mean three and thirteen, five and eleven, five and eleven, six and ten. Like they're just as bad as the Browns have been. A lot more wins than one thirty-one. I was though. just gonna say, yeah, that's, that's a lot more wins. One in thirty-one is like historically probably gonna be the worst stretch of football for a two-year period for a very, very long time. It's sad, but it, it'll all be forgiven this year when they go ten and six and make playoffs. I mean, two and fourteen, five and eleven, four and twelve, three and thirteen, three and thirteen, so five and eleven. This is five and elevens, bro. Yep. Fucking joke, man. And they've been through <laughs> almost as many coaches as we have. Well, still, you get my point. It's so dumb. <laughs> yes, especially, we, we understand. We, especially I, that Jalen Ramsey I, is telling I, people that they're now free because they've they're not with dude. they're not with the Jaguars anymore. We know. <laughs> <laughs> no one's disagreeing with you here, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That me off. All right, let's move on. Okay. All right. Um, I got to figure out how I want to tackle this here, but uh, it I, it's weird. Like you, it's, it's one of those things where you expect the day to come, but you never know what to do when it comes. Like it didn't. It, it with all the uncertainty, like it never felt like that we would be talking about the week one preview. Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad we are. Um, I think, I think the NFL did a really good job in making sure it happened, and the players actually realized what they had to do and. That's why we're here. I'm Randy, glad how here. long do I get until I get to rub it in Flanny's face? What do you think? Let's get let's get through a week. Okay, six weeks probably. You gotta 
Nah, look so, at, the, okay. look at so, TCU. Actually, honestly, dude, you should probably wait six weeks. Fl- Flanny, I know Flanny, and if it if there's any kind of delay, he's going to be coming for a throat for no reason. I, <laughs> That's fine, but we all know. I think it rightfully so. This should it, there's a point where I where I get to. Do. Everyone gets a victory lap at some point. Just don't yes. be the just don't be the preseason guy. Fine, that's fair. Like me, like Christian, <laughs> like no. Christians. No. Philip Lindsay. So Thursday night. Um, <laughs> so yes. So the first game of the 2020 NFL season is the Houston Texans taking on the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a nine-point favorite over/under set at 56 and a half. I'm a little disappointed because, like, I'm in a billion leagues, as you guys both know. I don't have a ton of shares of like guys in this game. Like, I I, I told you guys, I don't have any Patrick Mahomes. I don't have any Tyreek Hill in any of my leagues. I don't have any. Will, I think I have one share of Will Fuller in one dynasty league. I have no Brandon Cooks. Um, I I do have some David Johnson. You have I a do have a little bit to Sean Watson, and then I got a lot of Clyde. I think three, maybe three redraft of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, so. Starting with Houston, I guess we'll do just a couple questions for this one. Um, can you full send both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks? I'm going to say I, I almost like don't want to play either of them until I see them both on the field and see what the, like, what the target shares are going to look like. This is kind of – if I had another option for this game – I would try to play that option. I'm fine. I'm fine missing out on 15, 18 points from Cooks or Fuller until I see what happens. So for me, I maybe this is because I usually don't have Fuller on my teams, but I'm not playing Fuller week one for sure. Um, before we recorded, uh, <laughs> I, I made uh, a joke that he wasn't even going to make it halfway through the game, which definitely is possible, but I hope not for the guy. No, Christian's, uh, Christian's exact words were, Will Fuller's going to tear it up, and Randy's response was, <laughs> yeah, his hamstring. It's, I mean, it's fair. Uh, for me, I, I I mean, I truly believe Cooks is the the number one receiver of this offense, going to be kind of the dominant version of that. Uh, Cobb's going to get dink and dunks. I think Cooks is going to get at least six catches this game. I'd say probably like 12 targets. I mean, they're going to pass a lot. Their their line's not tremendous. Uh, I'm not fully sold on David Johnson either. So <laughs> we'll see. Joke's I, on you. So I would rather take the shot. Obviously, I'm going to start Deshaun. I'm, I'm going to take the shot on Cooks and hope that it's not the only week of the season foolish relevant. But if he is, then you know from Sammy Watkins last year to trade him right away. See this with Fuller, like this is the one week that I think I'm gonna risk it because number one, there's less to lose. Like I'm not battling for the playoffs right now. I know every win counts in fantasy, but if I fuck up and I start Will Fuller and he tears his hamstring at halftime and walk into the locker room, which is possible, um, then I, I think that there's enough time to recover. And my fantasy teams always have to recover because I suck in the first half. But with this game, like you have to assume, like it's it's the highest point spread. Um, it's it's going to be a very high scoring game because of the way the Chiefs play. And so I think Fuller could have one of his fifty point fantasy days. And if I miss out on that, I'm going to be pretty damn sad. I only have like one Fuller share, but 
If you put if you play Fuller the other way and he doesn't do well and it is Cooks, this is a like for me at least, like this is the first game of fantasy week one. Like we've been clamoring for this to happen. I've been waiting all offseason. Like I don't want to be already kicking myself in the ass because I started Will Fuller and it was dumb. So uh, I, uh, I this is my breakdown of it. See how I came out and said Cooks is gonna get six catches or more. So my thing is Cook for me isn't busting week one he may not he's break out t- but he's not he was busting. limited in practice today by the way and will fuller's limited in seasons i don't really mm-hmm. care uh <laughs> cooks cooks also doesn't always practice i mean like let's be real he's injury prone too so we'll see kind of how it goes but i like again obviously if they're not playing it's a different story but if i'm the chiefs I understand that Cooks can kind of take the top off the defense, but that's not where he's going to be used because of Fuller. So there's going to be a safety kind of cheating over to the Fuller side. That's that's it will be. It will be interesting because I think if there's any single flaw in Kansas City, it's their corners, and they didn't really improve that well. They didn't improve. They're not like world beater corners, but they're they're not going to get destroyed by everyone. Uh, and obviously, like they have some good safety play, so I, especially with Honey Badger, obviously, um, I'm just assuming that, like I said, he's going to be kind of roaming free, and the other safety I think is cheating over top a bit with Fuller, allowing Cooks. To yeah, to yeah. You have to think that Ward Ward is probably going to line up on Cooks. Yeah, but okay, but yeah, I mean, and it'll be interesting, and then. Um, Kansas City, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was listed as the RB1 on their depth chart. So obviously, if you have them, it's full, it's all systems go there. Um, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not touching anyone not named Tyreek Hill. See, it's kind of the same thing for me. I'm not, I'm definitely not taking the shot on Sammy Watkins, who's on absolutely zero of my teams. Uh, I do think that Nicole Hardman does have a bigger year this year. Obviously, he was a rookie last year, so in theory, he should have a bigger year because he's in the second year of his offense. But I, I think even I think you start Hill, you start Kelsey if he's playing, which I assume he's going to play, even though he's questionable right now. And you play Mahomes and and Clyde. I think that's I think you just stick with the stars and see how this offense truly plays out because obviously we haven't had preseason and we only have kind of little tidbits we're hearing. So. That's fair. I, I I think I'd take the the wait and see approach with the Chiefs receivers. I th- I did see today someone, I think it was CBS Sports. Uh, they said that Daryl Williams is a good flex option this week, and I had to laugh a little bit. What was the reasoning? Didn't didn't listen to it because once I saw that, I I was out. <laughs> I was out on on I that mean- take. I like I understand where they're coming from because obviously Clyde's not going to get a hundred percent of the touches because no running back truly does really, and I so Daryl's most likely going to get some work. I I mean flex play when you don't know the split's going to be, I, that's that's rough from a guy that is was basically third or fourth string all of last year. It seemed at times, at least I'll say. Okay. All right. Um. But I guess let's just go straight ahead. So we're not going to do like we t- like we did last year. Um, 
to pick the winners. I mean, obviously, I pretty would argue, I would argue that it's pretty well that it would be the consensus. So we're picking Kansas City here at home, um, yep. if, if if we were to pick one. So let's move on to um, a couple NFC North battles for the uh, the Sunday games. Um, so we'll start with Packers at the Vikings. Vikings two and a half point favorite, forty seven point over under. Um, of those two quarterbacks, which one would you lean? I at home, I'd probably still pick Rodgers. I'm I who 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 shit. So my my take of Rodgers not being a QB one this year with Christian, we both think that uh, mm-hmm. really hurts me here because I think I'm going to pick Rodgers of these two only because I think the secondary in Green Bay is much better than the one in Minnesota. Yeah, and I'd take Rodgers too, even though I do have that take. I mean, Rodgers can finish as a QB1 week one and still not finish as a QB1 on the year. And I think, I mean, I I actually don't think I have him finishing as a quarterback one, but I think I have Rodgers over Kirk Cousins. I don't really love either of these guys, but if I had to choose, I'd still take Rodgers for the upside. And that's it. It, yeah, I haven't done my um, I haven't done my week one week one rankings yet, but I'm pretty sure when I finish them, uh, Rogers is going to be higher. But I, I I bet I I bet Kirk is going to find his way into like the top fifteen. I think Rogers is just going to be a, a tad higher. There. Um, and then, uh, just keep all I'm going to say is keep an eye on the tight end situation because chances are Kyle Rudolph will be on the field. The majority of time in week one, but I talked about it a while back. Irv Smith is a guy that I think he's going to end up having some sneaky value, especially if they're not sold on Justin Jefferson right out of the gate, which it doesn't seem like they are because BC Johnson is listed as the second wide receiver um, for the depth chart that came out today. So just keep an eye on Irv Smith. Maybe uh, if, if you got an option, flag him in your leagues um, for the waiver wire stuff, just to see if, if Cousins does look his way in the end zone. Especially this week, because he, I, I could see Irv Smith being one of those guys that we're talking about uh, ne- uh, next on uh, next Monday's show about a guy that to definitely target for your waiver wire. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Uh, right. Yeah, with you there. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next uh, NFC North rivalry here: the uh, Chicago Bears, the Mitch Trubisky-led Chicago Bears, head into Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions. This one is a two and a half point Lions. Home favorite with the 46 and a half over under. So Mitch is a go. Not sure how happy I am for that. Well, a little bit more than most because I have him on so many dynasty league teams and I might end up having to start him in a couple. Uh, We've gone in detail with that. Um, No David Montgomery. At least that's what it seems like, at least for the first couple of weeks. So. Of the three running backs that are going to be talked about for this game, the newly signed Adrian Peterson for the Detroit Lions, Cordero Patterson, I put that in quotation marks, and Ryan Null. If you had to, as a like last-ditch effort, start one of those three running backs, which one are you going with? I talked about it before the show. Dude, I would take the chance on Ryan Null because I, 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 I don't believe in Cordero Patterson, regardless of what people are saying that he was in the running back room, whatever it came out with a depth chart today. He wasn't even listed on that. For, first of all, dude, if 
if you're having to start one of those guys week one, you did something really, really wrong in your draft. Um, maybe that's a zero RB type of person um, that got fucked with Geis and Ronald Jones and someone else. I don't remember who. Uh, there's a third that. Fournette? Well, no, I don't. I think you still would start Fournette over fucking AP. I would pick AP. That's who I would carry, I think. With the uncertainty behind him and or Zach just Mall. Montgomery going down, he picked up his back. Yeah, yeah it, it was Montgomery. That's who. It was. I, I, Jesus Christ. So if Patterson has the running back des- designation on your fantasy site, that is, I would pick him, uh, only because he's got to play both positions. If he doesn't, I guess I would have to play Ryan Noel because I don't think AP gets that many touches, especially because carry on. Is looking good. As long That's as- so disappointing, man. I was hoping that carry on would at least fend off DeAndre Swift for a little bit, and then the stupid yeah. Lions go out and sign Adrian Peterson. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think AP's getting that many touches. I think it's going to carry on and Swift. Uh, the only running back I would be even okay playing this whole thing would be Swift. Not so- not Cohen. Uh yeah. Sorry, I always forget about Cohen because he plays slots so goddamn much. Yeah, Cohen's <laughs> yeah. going to be the guy because I think the Bears are going down early. I think yeah. Christian and I both kind of believe, maybe rightfully so, maybe wrongly so, in Trubisky. I honestly, the Lions are the one team that Mitch Trubisky does tear up whenever he goes against them. I don't know what it is, but if Mitch Trubisky scores like 25, 28 fantasy points, that would be nuts. And keep an eye on Anthony Miller. Don't yeah. start him. I, I'm sure you have better options this week, but Anthony Miller is a, a decent flex play this week. Just with, I mean, the Lions' corners are better, but Anthony Miller is really good. I mean, we've only seen him playing through injury basically, and he was still good. He caught like six touchdowns that year. So, yeah, in like I said, I think the Bears are going to be down early. Their defense is nowhere near what it was. Their offense is clearly question marks everywhere, especially with Montgomery going down. A-Rob and Anthony Miller are probably the only ones that aren't a question mark. I think they're both studs. Um, But I think Detroit is going to be throwing the ball. They're going to try to run the ball because that's what this philosophy apparently is, but I think Stafford's going to be audibly out, and they're going to be throwing the ball early, and they're going to be up a couple scores quick because that, with Stafford and Galladay and Marvin Jones and Hawkinson and Swift out of the backfield, I this can be really explosive if they let it. Matt Patricia himself giving away the game plan. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next game is uh, the Indianapolis Colts going into the very well-run Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. <laughs> um, the Jaguars are a seven-and-a-half-point home underdog. The Jaguars are basically trying to tank this entire season. They're a joke, but I digress. Um, so the question... The question Christian has here is the Colts have an improved defense. Does that concern you when tossing DJ Chark into your lineup? And Christian, I'm going to respond to your question with a two-word answer. You know what that answer is? Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> My answer is no. Uh, that's, not their, that's not who's going to line up against him. Yes, it is. I, yes, no, it's, it's either him or Rocky Yassine, and I'm going against that matchup either way. Dude, don't they have Kenny Moore? No. I, he's listed as an he's listed as an N. Xavier Rhodes and Rocky Asin are listed as their two starting corners. Well, Rock was Rock was really good at, towards the end of last year. He was one of the Kenny better. Moore, so Kenny Moore is a nickel corner. 
but he's not going to match. He's not going to match up against Chark. No, it doesn't but, matter. The answer is if Chark's not triple teamed, the answer is I don't give a shit. Yes. <laughs> Menchu, Shark, gonna go crazy. We, we talked because they are going to be down in this game, just like the last one. They are going to be down. You guys love to talk about how bad Xavier Rhodes was last year. If Xavier Rhodes is going to start the start the year on DJ Chark, DJ Chark is going to have 250 yards. Chance, yeah, uh, yeah. Chark's full send for sure. I mean, that's that's not even a question. I mean, like I said, if it's not a triple team, I don't give a shit. Like he's going to beat that secondary. So you can kind of put both of these teams in the same breath. Are you starting? anyone out of either of their backfields. I have Jonathan Taylor in a couple leagues. This is another thing where I think I want to give it a week and choose somebody else. Because it's such a good matchup, I want to say to start Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, I, I need to do my rankings and start sit decisions. Um, but my initial thought is this team's so bad, even if Marlon Mack is cutting in, Jonathan Taylor could get a couple touchdowns. Um, and Naeem Hines, I assume, is going to get a great workload, but again, it could be a 300 monster, so maybe you want to give that a week, and that's at best a second or third flex position, so, I mean, that's not kind of new. I'm not, unless it's Chris Thompson is the only one I would probably touch in Jacksonville this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting Thompson this week. I picked up James Robinson. I'm going to wait and see. With the Colts, I'd start all of them. Personally, uh, I think there's a chance that Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack get inside the top 20. Um, I think Naeem Hines, I think what I, I do think his upside's a little limited this week, unless the Jags offense is able to compete, which I don't, I don't think they really will be. Yeah. And, and my biggest thing with the running backs for Jacksonville, it's not Chris Thompson is the Colts actually do have a, generally pretty good run defense so especially with that linebacking core so i i'm not excited for a couple of guys that have really not done anything ever that to come in and do something against that defense especially when we expect them to be down early yeah, yeah. but start uh gardner Minshew and start dj shark because they're going to have a billion points yep for fantasy and they're still going to lose by like 25 Probably. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the new look Las Vegas Raiders head into Carolina to take on the Panthers and uh, Teddy Terrific. See what I did there? Um, the Panthers are a three point home underdog. That that line kind of surprised me. Maybe it's just because of how bad the Panthers were last year. But um, forty six and a half point over under. Uh, question we have is: Does this have the potential to be the highest scoring game this weekend? I don't think so. No, I I would go with the Thursday night matchup personally, or there's oh god, I think the Bucks and Saints maybe Bucks and Saints and I Cowboys also, Rams Cowboys Rams for obvious reasons, but I also kind of want to say the Browns and Ravens. I I I truly don't think I think the Ravens defense is better, but I don't think it's worlds above. And if this Browns offense does what it's supposed to, I think it could be a shootout. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I have a ton of confidence in Teddy Bridgewater to put up a ton of points. I do have confidence that Derek Carr can. Um, and so if Teddy Bridgewater can, I think this has the potential at least. I don't think it will be, but I think it's in the conversation. Yeah, oh. I, both defenses aren't anything to 
really write home about. Uh, obviously, the Panthers kind of rehold their entire team, especially the defense. They went young in the drafts, all defense. So we'll see how that kind of goes. It won't have a huge impact week one, I, I assume, at least. Also, we don't have to worry about the Marcus Mariota experiment for at least the first couple of weeks. Well, it's not going to be an experiment. It never was going to be. No. Carr completed uh, 70% of his passes last year. True. And then uh, Brian Edwards is a guy that had a ton of hype in the offseason, rightfully so, especially now with Tyrell Williams being placed on season-ending IR with a shoulder injury. So he finishes as a top 20 wide receiver in week one if, I'm going to say if the Raiders get behind early. Because I, I do think they're going to feed Jacobs a lot if they do go up. Yes. I, I was going to say if Teddy Bridgewater is good. I'm going to say... I'm gonna say if I'm gonna say if Rugs can't get open deep, that's that's my if. I I think I I love the Brian Edwards hype. Obviously, I mean Raiders fan, and I think he is really good. But people are just underselling Rugs at this point to oversell Edwards. Yeah. Rugs caught <laughs> Rugs had a touchdown on 25 percent of his catches. Yep. I mean, let's be real. It, this guy is a monster. If he gets, he's faster than I, I can guarantee. He's faster than everyone in the secondary. I, I'm excited to watch this team. I'm not gonna lie. What happens if Rugs is to uh, Clellan Farrell as uh, oh. Edwards is to Max Crosby? That won't happen because <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I get that reference. Well, it's it's a pretty clear reference. Clellan Farrell was the top early pick. Same with Rugs. And Edwards is a third, fourth, third, fourth, third. third. And Max Crosby was fifth, I believe. So it's, yeah. it's you, you took it's a, a depth guy it. later. But mm. the thing, it, and I, but it's just, it's plain and simple. Cleveland Farrell is a good prospect. Ruggs is elite at everything he does. That's, sure. that's plain and simple for me. He could get double teamed. I understand that. Uh, but with Renfro and Waller dominating the middle of the field, I'm not quite sure how you're going to be able to double team. That's fair. All right. There's always those one. There's always that one game you don't like to talk about. But it always starts with this team first. And it always <laughs> does start with the New York Jets going on the road to Buffalo for the Bills. The Bills are a six and a half point favorite. Uh, 40 and a half point over under. I feel like that's high. Um, <laughs> Stefan Diggs. It's the lowest one. <laughs> it's still high. It's still high. Stefan Diggs is going to run past every single New York Jets cornerback. He'll probably still only have like five catches because Josh Allen will only be able to complete five of them. Um, Fair. I, I was going to say, would you consider starting John Brown this week? No. No. Okay. Because no, for me personally, the, obviously – we don't have hope in the Jets. Let's be real. Um, yeah. I mean, so the Bills should be able to control it. Bills to be able to control it. Sean obviously has more belief than the two of us and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, not to say that we're haters on Bell, but Sean's just more of a believer than us. We're all three a huge believer in Crowder. Uh, Christian's the biggest Herndon believer. Me and Sean are kind of getting around to that. But that being said. <laughs> 
the Jets suck. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think the offensive line got a ton better. I feel bad for Darnold. I think this defense isn't good. They lost their best player on the entire organization to a trade. So I, for me, I think the Bills go up early. I think we get to see Devin Singletary and Zach Moss get the ball a lot. Are we talking about the certain head coach of the New York Jets in week two? Yeah. What do you mean talking? Because... He's he's gonna get talked about. Is he the same New York? Is he that same coach he's, of the New York? He's not getting fired week one as much as he probably deserves it, man. Awesome! Can you imagine and that? All, that would be awesome. It would be awesome as fantasy owners because what he's done to all of our hopes and dreams the last like four years has been pretty awful. But it's the fucking Grim Reaper. Yeah, but I mean, what what week did Jay Gruden get fired last year? Like week eight or seven? I think that's like the best case scenario for early firing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Christian, I know you're big on the everybody calm down with the Zach Moss stuff. Do you have any words about that before we move on to the next game? I do think that this is I, – I would sit him to see what happens. I know certain people in the industry would start him as their RB2 and be comfortable with it. I would just wait a week to see what we've got here. Because there's a chance that Singletary is an RB1 and Moss is irrelevant. I don't think it's a high chance, but there is a chance. The one thing I want to point out for this exact situation, there is a lot of, same thing with Brian Edwards, there's a lot of overhype on Sack Moss right now. Mm-hmm. Please, I agree with Christian, even if you think because it's the Jets, he could get worked on the second half. I would sit, suggest sitting him, and if he does well, Please pay attention to when and how he does that. Because if, he, if he's getting 50% of the carries in the first half, and it's because the Bills are already up by 21 points, focus on that because they will not be up 21 points most games. They are not a high-scoring team in most games. They, they win by slowing the ball down, hoping Josh Allen doesn't make mistakes, hoping he gets it done on the ground, through the air a bit, and there's running... T- running game works and that defense is what wins them games if they are up early and moss goes off and it's all in the second half trade his ass <laughs> yeah well also i just kind of furthering that point i think you need to really pay attention to who's in there on third downs early in the game before the bills take off with it because if it is zach moss in the backfield on third downs then you might have something I don't think that that's going to be the case personally um, just because Singletary showed that he can do something with the ball in space. But um, I I think that if you pay attention to that, you might have yourself a flex or an RB2 for week two, but don't play him yet. I'm not going to sit here and say Zach Moss can't be something because I I mean, I traded for him uh, in the league last week. Just – just mid-round picks, just trying to see what I got. Uh, but I still would, even if I was desperate, I'm not quite sure he'd be my first option. All right. So the next one is uh, Seattle and Atlanta. The uh, Falcons are actually only a one-and-a-half-point home underdog. That seems low. I don't know. Am I the only one that thinks that? So, yes, I, I agree. I don't think Seattle's defense is that good. Uh, obviously, the pass rush isn't great. 
Falcons defense we know isn't great. Both these offenses can score. Obviously, the Seahawks do it a little bit different than the Falcons will, but this should be more of a high-scoring game, kind of how, uh, what was that, the second uh, going into the playoffs, the Seahawks 49ers last year, where we thought it was going to be more of a defensive, like Mm -hmm. like 10 to 9 game, how Seahawks always have fucked up scores. Uh, This one, I think, is going to be more, I think this line is low. Well, I won't say it's ultra low, but like I think they, I think they hit the over. This, along with the um, Saints Bucks, seems like this will be the game that will pr- produce the most fantasy points. So you're starting everybody on both teams, whoever you drafted, you just play them all. Oh yeah, I can't wait for uh, Calvin Ridley to have two touchdowns and uh, Julio to have ten catches for 105 yards and. <laughs> Uh, Christian have his victory lap because uh, Ridley yeah, scored. Calvin really caught like three for sixty-five. Hey, he scores. He'll, he'll have six more points. And hey, hey, those those touchdowns mattered when I made my claims, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> this just the way this one's typed in makes me laugh. The Philadelphia Eagles are on the road to face the football team. God, they don't watch you. Yeah. Uh, Washington is a six and a half point or six point home underdog. Um, so I think the main question is what Philadelphia Eagle are you like actually comfortable starting? Not named Miles Sanders. Oh, Zeckers. Yeah, you're going to take Miles Sanders. You <laughs> Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, I'm fired say... up Wentz anyway. He'll he'll figure out a way to score to score points. I think Ertz, I think even Goddard as like a maybe you're maybe maybe you had Kelsey and he's actually not gonna play this week just for safety or something, and you can go get Goddard. I think he's well, that would have happened on Thursday. Yeah. Is that, is that a thing? He's yeah. questionable right now, yes. He has a knee injury. Mild. Mild, but you know, with a Thursday game sometimes short weeks they get precautionary. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Obviously, this comes out on Tuesday, so that's why I'm saying it now. Um, I think Deshaun Jackson. I think yeah, I'm gonna, by, by this fucking is almost, default. This is almost like the end of the year argument. when me and Christian were on the Greg Ward hype train, no. where we're like fucking default that guy, and I think, <laughs> and he produced. I think that could be Deshaun Jackson. Watch JJ Arthur side come out and have like six for a hundred. Hey, good for him. Yeah. I mean. Someone, be good. Has, someone has to break out while Rager's gone, while uh, while Alshon's not basically a member of the team. Like, so what sucks is he's not even on the PUP list. Like, they activated him. So it's curious to see when he comes back, if he comes back, if they don't trade him. And Christian, I'm not saying it. You can't make me. I'm not saying it. This nope. is your chance. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Nope. It's, it's supposed to say <laughs> Antonio Gibson season. Not saying it. You can't make me. <laughs> I've done my rankings for this week, and uh, I guess I'll I'll save this for for when the rankings drop. But uh, Antonio Gibson, start him up, start him up. Well, nope. and I will not question marks in that Washington backfield, and Eagles are perennially a good run defense. So I'm not sure this is the week you try and test out your theories. Not a pass catching guy for our listeners. Regardless of how Antonio Gibson produces for fantasy this year, do not come to me 
when requesting decent, unbiased fantasy analysis for Antonio Gibson. <laughs> you will not get it, regardless of how he plays. You will not get any sort of unbiased opinions from me. So don't even think about it. You know, Sean, we'll, we'll give you that because you're the one that has to give any kind of advice on Sammy Watkins because me and Christian refuse to talk about the guy. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> then, yeah. So we'll, so we'll that, give you this one. Yes, he is. Yeah, that is. I think that's fair. He's the one guy that I refuse to talk about. <laughs> Moving on. Um, the Miami Dolphins on the road at the New England Patriots. The Miami Dolphins did announce that Ryan Fitzpatrick is their starter for week one. No shit. Christian's upset of the week. It's true. Yep. Are you going to make a drop for that? I should. And it's not going to be that. Um, <laughs> That, that wasn't bad. I mean, I could use something like that, but um, so are you saying upset as in they cover the spread or they win? Oh, I think the Dolphins win. Christian, and here Christian we go. on this the whole time, though. At least, at least true. that's true. Consistency he, is key. Mm, mm. <laughs> he's he's been saying for a while, week one they're winning because they made all of these moves that haven't done anything and barely got to practice together and didn't get to play together in any games. Uh, but you know, I digress. <laughs> Uh, I think Patriots win this one easy. I think down the road, the next one against the Dolphins, like always, will be close. I don't think they're they're coming out in the gate. I think Bill and McDaniels and Cam. Christian, I have a hard time feeling that Bill's going to lose the first game with Cam Newton at quarterback. First game without Tom Brady, Bill's trying to prove a point. Yes. See, I I see it. The score could be fifty-two to six. I uh, no. Could, so I'm just saying I that, that if he's going to run up any score, it's going to be this one. I just don't Agreed. think the Patriots are talented enough to run up the score. I think that's where we may differ. But see, you, here's the thing: if I mean you're saying that, but like we know Cam's Cam's full go right now. Cam's looking good. great. He's a starter. He's a captain. He's working with these guys. We we know they have at least two talented receivers. We know that. They have, in me and Sean's opinion, at least a semi-talented running back. And they have an amazingly talented running back in James White, who gets the job done on both, both times, running and receiving. I, I think this team can still put up 28-plus points, especially against a Dolphins team that, while they do have two good corners, that's about fucking it on the secondary side and the defensive side, really. I like Jerome Baker. I, I'm just saying. I, I'm, not, I'm not excited about the Dolphins team. It's Whatever, dude. I think I think that would change for me if Devontae Parker doesn't suit up. He's questionable right now. Um, but I think if if Parker is able to take Gilmore, um, or Gilmore is able to take Parker, I guess. Um That's the way Pre- you say yes. Yeah. And I, I think Preston has a big day. I think Asiki works out of the big slot. I, I just don't think that I mean the Patriots had a ton of guys opt out. I don't think their defense is really up to what the the standard that Bill holds them to. So I think it could be a closer game than you guys think. What I say to that is yes, on paper, they're not up to the standard Bill holds, but they still have the best corner in the league. Yeah. And in my opinion, we've seen him do it with a bunch of people that we didn't heard of before. They played for the Patriots anyway. So we'll, I'm not saying they're going to be anywhere near as good as last year. You probably picked them way too high in your fantasy drafts, but they still can probably get the job done against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's fair. 
All right. So then the last one we'll talk about um, for the, this part before we go to break here um, is the Browns on the road at Baltimore. I hate the fact that this is the first stupid matchup of this new team. This sucks, man. But uh, Ravens are an eight-point favorite uh, over under a 49. And Christian's not a big fan of the spread. No, that's garbage. Um, that it, it makes no sense. That's, I think, the largest uh, favor. Uh, oh, no, Texans Chiefs. But the Texans are bad, and see, the Browns aren't. And so there's the difference. I guess people, I guess it's not really consensus that the Texans are bad. I just am of the belief that they suck. But why the fuck are the Browns beat the Ravens at home last year? Why would you give them an eight point favorite? That seems like easy money on the Browns. I'm not putting any money on the Browns, but fuck it. I digress. So, Sorry. I'll agree with that. I mean, what? I know we won the, fir- uh, the first one with Chubb going off. Um, I believe the second game, I know we lost, but it wasn't like a blowout, if I remember right. I um, do not remember, but that one was I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember, but honestly... It was, I believe, yeah. It, I believe it was a pretty a pretty bad loss. Oh, no, yeah, they ran away with it. Sorry. Yeah, it was it was close early, and then they kind of just started destroying. Um, I think that's kind of what they're trying to go for here. Obviously, the Ravens didn't get worse. They, they got better, if anything. The Ravens got better, and the Browns' defense got worse. No, they didn't. I won't say the Browns defense got worse. They they're injured as fuck, but I won't say they got worse until I kind of see. They worse for week one. I mean, look well, at who's going to be but, starting. But again, everyone another year. I mean, we had a lot of young guys last year, so another year of them playing new defensive coordinator. So I, I want to give it a game before I say they're worse out of, off the bat. Yeah. Steve well sucked. Yeah, the injuries definitely hurts my confidence for sure, especially going against kind of a super team with the Ravens. But I I will say that I I do believe in this Browns offense. So for me, an eight-point spread is kind of a lot. Yes. As for who you're playing in this game, I think you're starting Landry and Beckham. I think you're starting Hunt and Chubb both. And then I think you're starting Marquise Brown. I think you're starting Mark Ingram. I think you're starting Mark Andrews. Yeah. That that one I have a little bit of a pass. Like in one league I have to decide between him and Jack Doyle. I think I'm leaning Jack Doyle for at least week one. See, the Ravens actually aren't traditionally very good against the tight end position. So I think No, I but think, they but in fairness, they did bring in Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison to <laughs> to secure that middle of the field. Yeah. So, uh I I'm kinda I'm kinda against you on the Odell for the week, personally. I, obviously most people are gonna start him because of where he gets drafted. I think I'm with Christian here that it's more Hooper and I believe he was gonna also agree with Landry because mm-hmm. it's kind of guys that attack a different area of the field. So the final score of last year's second Ravens Browns team, it was thirty one to fifteen, but obviously the Browns were without Miles Garrett. Yeah. And like I said, they kinda ran away with it after a bit there mm-hmm. uh, well, and that's i mean i guess it's not a big it's not a big yeah no uh, but also uh, to your point randy like i think the the odell marlon humphrey shit is just gonna pour over into this year um, agreed and that and that's kind of what i'm that's kind of what i meant obviously teams are going to focus on odell and humphrey's a really good corner so 
for me, while I think he he might still be able to get a touchdown, obviously you probably draft some people draft them as their wide receiver one because uh, they went RB first for the first couple of rounds. Uh, so you probably have to start him. I'm not saying bench him. I'm just saying that the other two might outscore. Yeah. But Hollywood Brown is most likely going to dust someone. See, I'm, I'm, see, I dusting someone. I'm not. That doesn't mean that he catches an 80 yard touchdown. He's dusting someone. It could, see, Lamar, that, he could miss by a mile. I'm I just, think Denzel's gonna gonna cover him, and I like. I don't think they'll let Greedy line up against him. So with this offense, though, my opinion would be they're not gonna be a man up defense this week. That's fair. It's fair enough. I mean, I have Marquise as a uh, wide receiver too, so I'd definitely start him. But all right, um, so that's it for the one o'clock games. Uh, we'll get into the four o'clock games, but first, Christian wants to talk to you about Thrive Fantasy. Hashtag prop up. Uh, so I actually got my account set up for Thrive Fantasy. Uh, so if you don't know, this is the next DraftKings, the next FanDuel. They are based on prop bets, though. So. Uh, Randy and I were just talking about our our bets for the Thursday night game beforehand. We took the the over on Clyde Edwards-Alaire getting over uh, half a touchdown. So we, we think that Clyde's going to score a touchdown this Thursday, and so we took the over. You pick 10 of those. You pick a couple of in case of emergency, like in case you tie, um, picks, and that's that. It's really easy. And if you guys use promo code the cut, you get an additional twenty dollars on your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. You're getting free money. We're giving you money. Take our money. Um, it's not Quit saying up. money. No, because um, <laughs> you're going to win money with Thrive Fantasy. Uh, we're really excited to do this. We're going to build this into our DFS episodes. And uh, yeah, hashtag prop up. Yep, prop betting is the future of fantasy betting at 100 percent. so get in now be a trendsetter not a follower yeah (laughs) all right um so there's three four o'clock games on the docket for sunday you have the chargers and Bengals, the buccaneers and the saints how is the buccaneers and the saints not a primetime game they put Uh, the steelers and the giants on monday night yes they did what? Does this come out uh, before or after free agency? Don't recall the order of that. I, you know, I would love to be able to say this. Nobody I thought think- Tom Brady was going to the Giants. No. <laughs> yeah, but it's Saquon. That's yeah. Saquon, Evan Ingram. Saquon's prime time. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, fuck you. Saquon's prime time. Anyway. <laughs> First game we'll talk about as the Chargers on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals are a three and a half point home underdog. Obviously, you got Joe Burrow's debut. Um, Joe Mixon did get the bag. He is signed for the next four years for Cincinnati. Um, he is going to finish as high as I'm going to say RB eight because I think they're going to be trailing a lot and they're going to need to throw. I think he has top five potential this week because I think now that he got the bag, uh, they let they 
keep Geo off the fucking field for once and let Mixon eat in the passing game, yes, we still say let people eat on this podcast. Uh, not again. <laughs> uh, no, I think he has top five potential this week. I would easily fire up Mixon. Although, it, the, way, the way you draft a Mixon, of course, you're fucking starting him this week. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to be as bullish. I think it's probably going to be an RB1. Um, Chargers, I believe, were bottom third rush defense last year. Uh, well, at least against running back. I won't, I won't just say specifically rush defense. So he should be pretty good. Yeah. He's not um, costing you the week. He's not costing And then Keenan Allen, buy or sell 10 plus targets. Oh, oh I'll buy. Uh, I'll, bye. I'll buy, especially with uncertainty with uh, Mike Williams. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's out all of September, except, but he could be ready for week one. <clears throat> yep. So that, I, probably like the third week of September or something. Like maybe like the 21st we'll know about it or something like that. So. He wants us to wake him up when September ends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. A lot you of song references. At, I love that. There's back to back song references. You knew what I was doing. I like it. Okay. Yes. All right. Christian's favorite team in the National Football League, the one and only Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh. You skipped my bold prediction. Yeah, that's and I my, want to be on this bold prediction as well. That's why. Yes. Come on. My bold prediction and Randy's uh, apparently on board. Joshua Kelly is going to find the end zone in week one. I don't know why uh, that's so bold, though. Like, if you read any of training camp, you see how much they like Kelly. Because Justin Jackson's healthy. He's playing this weekend. And I still think Joshua Kelly takes that RB2 role, and he gets in the end zone. That's bold, motherfucker. Listen, you can't challenge me for how bold I go and then tell me that I'm not bold enough. There's, <laughs> It's one or the other. What? You always make fun of me. You, you say he's too bold. And then he gets like a semi hot take. You're like, well, it's not even bold. It's like, <laughs> well, in comparison, yeah, but <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think this. But anyway, Christian's favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> Fuck versus the New Orleans Saints. Um, Christian, uh, those Tampa Bay running backs, are you starting them? Actually, uh, so I am starting Ronald Jones this week. Uh, and so the reason know. the reason I'm starting Ronald Jones this week is because it's because you just want you will not like you want to fall on your sword. That's no. really the only reason. It's because you want to fall on your sword. Why wouldn't you start Ronald Jones when Leonard Fournette definitely doesn't know the offense yet? He's listed as the third running back behind LaShawn McCoy on their unofficial depth chart that came out today. Obviously, that you don't put a ton of stock into those, but to to know that Fournette's going to be very very limited in this first game. Of course, I'm starting Ronald Jones because honestly, and, and this goes to the to second bullet point here, I don't think this is going to be as high scoring as people think. I think the Bucks have a really good defense. I think the Saints have a decent defense. They lost a lot of pieces, but they also added uh, like Malcolm Jenkins and and they have some good pieces. So I think that this is a sneaky good defensive game. And I think Ronald Jones, if he finds the end zone, I think he could be at least flex worthy. Um, See, yeah, I think Bruce Arians is just going to want to play with his new toy, and Tom Brady's going to throw the ball forty times. He could, I, I, it, and that could be the case. But I just don't think. I think it's going to be a fantasy disappointment this week. But I'd be comfortable with with Ronald Jones as a flex because 
who's take? I mean, who's taking touches away from him? Is it Lashawn McCoy? I'm fine with that because Lashawn McCoy's dick. He's so bad. Oh, that's, that's all. Fuck Bruce Arian. Um, if you drafted if if you drafted Rob Gronkowski in the fifth round, you have to start him. Hey, you know what, man? <laughs> but you apparently didn't listen to us at all. You decided you wanted to make a bad call, so yeah. why why not continue it? Uh, Saints are actually a pretty good defense against the tight end, so good luck with that. Um. <laughs> But again, like like I said last episode, Gronk he could be comfortable trusting he could get a touchdown or two to save us. Watch this be watch this be like the seven for a hundred and a touchdown for OJ Howard that nobody is expecting. It won't be, but uh, (laughs) man, they're both listed as starters again. Not a ton of stock into the depth chart, but they listed twelve personnel as their base, so could be OJ. Well, I just think they would rather play those two tight ends than even bother with Scotty Miller or Justin Watson as their third wide receiver. Gronk's a big slot. I've been saying that since the day he signed. True. But it might be OJ Howard that's the big slot, and Gronk's still in line. Who fucking knows? Either way, they're both great blockers. So The yeah. best coach in the NFL, Bruce Arians, knows, Christian. That's who knows. No, he doesn't. He doesn't even know the talented running back that he has. Yeah, no, I mean, Leonard Fournette was the number four overall pick. Yeah, he, I'm sure he knows that he's talented. He's very good. Yeah, that third stringer right there. <laughs> Move on. All right. Last game that we'll talk about um, is the Arizona Cardinals on the road in the defending NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are a seven-point home favorite. Um, the question is, am I starting Tevin Coleman? Because I've seemed to have Tevin Coleman in almost every redraft league I've drafted this year because I've been in love with the value. And I still think that while people like to be on Raheem Mostert, I just don't see a scenario where Raheem Mostert is the guy and always the guy. But to answer your question, no, I'm probably giving it at least a week or two to see what Shanahan does with just those two main guys with Brita, with Brita now in Miami. I want to see what happens with the split. I don't seem to think that Mostert's going to get as much of the work as everybody else does. I, I do think Coleman is going to play into it, but I'm still not starting time at Coleman this week. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Sean. I think it's going to be like 40% of the touches Mostert, uh, and then the rest of the 60s split between. McKinnon and Coleman. So that's why I agree with you not to start him. Yeah, I don't, I just, I, I guess I'm, I, I'm having a very tough time gauging what Jarek McKinnon is going to do. So, so that's my thing. I can sit here and say Mostert's getting 40% of the work. The, the rest, I can't say for sure he's getting more. Can't say he's getting half of the passing work. I can't say he's getting more than two uh, targets a game, but I can't say what the hell McKinnon or Coleman are doing either. If so, Mostert goes down, I'm absolutely firing up Coleman every game. Well, yeah, but I mean that's just like like yeah. they always. It's a season, and and that's one of the reasons why I've targeted Coleman so many places. Yeah, I understand. I mean, but, every time you send us anything, it's hey, I got Coleman by the way, <laughs> first on my bench, just so you know that. Uh, Look at that. Here he but is. that's the thing. It's like I was getting him in like I'm getting him in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth rounds, and like you look at those other running backs, like Coleman already has a role kind of carved out. Like yeah, he, he's. I mean, 
absolute worst case. He's getting. I mean, the dude 20. went nuts against Christian last year and had four touchdowns yeah. for me. I mean, honestly, like the games where he's not getting a bunch of touches, he's still probably going to get absolute worst 15% of the work. Like, absolute worst. And he does, and he oh, catches, he, four, catches passes. He, he does catch passes too. He does, but like, I mean, him That's and probably what McKinnon's slotting do. Him and most are about the same pass catching. I think McKinnon's slightly better than both of them. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. And then, um, well, you had to, you, you just had to put a question about Isaiah Simmons in here, didn't you? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead and ask it. Go ahead and ask it. Do you think George Kittle is going to outscore all players at all positions, or does Isaiah Simmons come out and just lock up George Kittle? And by lock up, I mean hold him to like two hundred yards instead of three hundred. <laughs> no, what you what you mean is Kittle barely being a tight end one. That's what you actually. Mean. That's what yes. he's trying to get to, but that's uh, absolutely not going to happen. So I I'm not going to say that because Isaiah Simmons is fucking good. Uh, George Kittle's the best tight end and the league to me also I might be a little bit biased because we do so many dynasty drafts this offseason and obviously you're going to pick Kittle before Kelsey because the age uh, but for me Kittle is obviously dominant he's done it against good competition before so I he's I but I won't say he's going to outscore all the players because I mean the next question is if Debo plays are you flexing him most likely because Debo's fucking good and he's the number one receiver on this team and if he's not playing, then Brandon Ayuk or someone's going to do fucking something. And if no one else is doing anything, then the running game is going to do fucking something. So, I mean, yeah. and on the other side of the ball, Kenny Drake's good, even though this is going to be a hard defense to run on. And they have so many weapons at wide receiver. I, I mean, I'm not going to say Kittle outscores everyone. No, but and and you're never sitting him. Like, that's the thing. No, no. That's even not what if, the question was. <clears throat> yeah. So I I heard someone or maybe someone tweeted it, um, basically say like if you have Kittle, congrats on your week one win because with Debo, this was before Debo was uh, activated. I think it's more of how bad Arizona was last year guarding tight ends. That was part of it too, and I don't. I think they fixed that with Isaiah Simmons. That's why I put the question in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're still not going to be. They don't. They don't focus on guarding the position. That's the biggest thing. It's true. Are they? Also, did they? Uh, did they bring back the same DC? I believe so. Yeah. They have the same staff. Want, for some reason, I want to say um, Steve Wilk, but I know that's not right. No. It's um, Vance Joseph. Yeah, Vance Joseph doesn't care about covering tight ends. He's no. already said it. So, but yeah, for the next question, if Debo suits up, I think you have to play him. Obviously, you got him at a huge value. If he doesn't, I think the question is, are you taking the shot? At, are you flexing Brandon Ayuk? Dante Pettis. So that's never uh, going to be a question. I don't, I, will, I don't think I, I say. I will say, if Debo doesn't play, there is a small chance in some DFS lineup. <laughs> I no. play some shit receiver from San Francisco. <laughs> I, I, I beat Trent Taylor think- first. I think Debo has a better shot to play than Ayuk. I don't think Ayuk plays. You think Debo's further yeah. along? I thought I thought Debo was listed as doubtful and Ayuk questionable right now. That's what I thought too. Because I thought Debo was still about a week away. 
but maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Either way, like I would want to play one of them um, if they both suit up. And I guess I guess if they both suit up, I'd more want to play Debo. If Debo sits, I would probably play Ayuk. Samuel is currently listed as questionable. They're they're both questionable. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I think I think you're right, Sean. Only one of them probably plays. Uh, just law of averages. So. And I, I I would be a little bit worried about playing either of them. See, I I, I, I think if Debo plays, that means he's full go. Like he's ready. The thing is, though, he's if he plays, he's absolutely going to draw Peters. And I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I, Patrick Peterson's a Cardinal legend. He's he was really good, but he's he's not in the same caliber he once was. If anything, Byron Murphy might be catching him as their their one over there. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Um, we'll get into the Sunday night and the double Monday night action um, for our episode on Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday. I know because we're recording Wednesday. It's Thursday. Yes. Um, anything else, gentlemen? Before we. Uh, Take off here. Week one. Let's get it. Yeah. How, scale of one to ten. How excited are you? Oh, I would say I would say a nine, but I'm probably gonna have to work Sunday, so I'm more like a seven and a. Ooh, that is an oof, dude. Big. I got a. I got a golf outing on Saturday. That's the only reason. I. Oh, that's fun. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an eight for the same exact reason as Sean because there is a new rule in the state of Ohio, that teams can only play one team a day. Mm-hmm. And I work in tournaments for sports, especially baseball focused. And that means you get to play a double header against the same team one day. That's so yeah. Tournaments are kind of crazy right now. This weekend was kind of a hellstorm, storm, uh, especially with the rain actual being a hellstorm today. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Josh Cribs and your kid that didn't get to play today. Dude, I feel bad because that happened. To, I was supposed to umpire a game for him last year, and the same thing happened. They came oh, yeah. down from Brexville. Shout out Full Tilt Baseball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that his? Is that his new yeah. team? Yeah, I know he was playing for Brexville before. Place. Obviously, if it's on a Sunday, he's busy. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, like I said, I'm not sure if I have to work Sunday. That's kind of the biggest thing for me. Uh, if I do, it won't be late anyways. But I'll still be a little bit pissed. Yeah, I'm. I'll give mine too. I'm a nine. Uh, I think Nikki's family will be here this weekend, so I'm just gonna. They can have their their time together <laughs> while I shut myself in uh, the room and watch football. You're gonna be a, a really diligent part of the family Friday and Saturday. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> can I get you guys anything? Can I get you guys anything? Are you guys good? Can I get you guys anything? It's Sunday. Shut the hell up. Right. There's some college football on Saturday, so it's right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I a good one. And and I'm not and I am not watching college football. I will not do it. I cannot do it. I will not do it. October when all the good players for Ohio State opt out. <laughs> no, because they're not gonna play in October. Dude, I, I, they're not gonna play ever. No one fucking knows. That's Peter. <laughs> no all the knows. good players are opting out. Uh, I've I've already depressed about all that. But smart decision on their part. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So I will be a a uh, NFL football, except for my North Carolina Tar Heels football team. If 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 you're curious why, go ahead and uh, go on my Twitter at sword underscore twelve, 
I did a I did post a statement regarding uh, regarding your, my your fandom. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Pulled up your bandwagon receipt. I love it. Bandwagon uh, for North Carolina? Are you kidding me? All right. No. Can, you're, you're transferring. That's what. Because. False. Go read the statement. Not even oh. close. For Randy Hall, Christian Williams, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. We gone.